What's up? What's up? What's up? You're listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast issue number 45. I'm Chris Latore. Thank you so much for tuning in. You're listening to the very first episode on the brand new Sunspots Comics studio. Pretty crazy. We moved into a new house and we're only about 32.75% done moving in. So I'm sitting in a newly freshly painted Sunspots Comics office slash studio. Thank you, my lovely wife, Pat Salatori, for painting the crap out of this. Looks amazing. And it's getting some crazy echo in here, but it, I kind of dig it. It's like I feel like I'm in a studio. Pretty nice. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. Welcomes, greetings, salutations, all that good stuff. You're listening to a comic book podcast, basically, called Sunspots Comics. And it's just a lot of fun. I review comic books. I talk about comic book news. I talk about interesting and fun things and all in in the world of comic books my passion my love my heart my center all that good stuff so quickly just a couple of shout outs want to thank my son justin for doing our blog check out the sunspots comics blog over at blog.sunspotscomics.com my son justin just loves the crap out of movies and tv shows related to comic books and he talks about them writes them he just did this funny slash interesting bit on the TV show from CW, Smallville. Check that out. It's funny and interesting. And if you want to win a free comic book mystery box, our first ever contest is going now. Thank you for everyone that's entered, the surprising amount of people that have entered. You could win a mystery comic book box, much like the Crate of Loot. And it's probably going to be retailed, retail value about 75 to 100 bucks of just comic book stuff in there. I have some Deadpool things. I've got some Marvel stuff. Maybe something related to a chess piece or pieces. Just to give you a little peek. But all you have to do to enter into our contest is just follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And just give us a five-star review on iTunes. That's all you got to do. Put a little positive blurb on there. When you do, I'll also mention you on a future podcast, which I do have some coming up because there have been some entries. So thank you to all of you that have entered. I will announce the winner on May 4th. So may the 4th be with you. Good luck. I hope you win. Quick announcement. We're now on Stitcher. So I've had a a couple of requests from people that listen to our podcast on my site, sunspotscomics.com, to go on Stitcher. So boom, your request has been fulfilled. Those couple of people that have been asking about that. So it's there. We're on Stitcher now. Another quick announcement, Batman vs. Superman is coming up on Thursday the 24th. I can't believe that we live in a world where Batman vs. Superman is a movie. I still just have to pinch myself sometimes when I'm watching the trailers. And I did order, order the Ultimate Pass. The Regal Cinemas is offering for, it was offering for 100 bucks. There were only 3,000 cards they were giving away where you can see the movie as many times as you want. And from the reading the fine print, it looks like it is transferable. So if you know me and you're a friend and you want to use my card, just hit me up. You know how to find me. So I'm super, super excited about that. And just one quick thing I want to do. I want to step up quickly on the Wonder Woman lunchbox. If you remember from way back when, Soapbox slash Wonder Woman lunchbox. Check it out. I think it was podcast 15. Just quickly about the Captain America 3 trailer. I know everyone's seen it. I know everyone went, oh, Spider-Man, his eyes, they're squinty. I just wanted to quickly say, I know I'm of the older school of this, and I'm going to sound like an old man telling you to get off my lawn, but I tell you, if Spider-Man would have not been spoiled, 
that would have been the I mean could you imagine the amount of just brains that would have just fallen out of people's heads if we didn't know Spider-Man was there. No, I know Marvel has to do their thing because Captain America 3 is coming out in May and you got Batman versus Superman right around the corner here, Thursday, March 24th. So they got to put the thing down, you know what I'm saying? But they zipped it out and put their thing down showing Spider-Man. That, that was just heavy. So I understand they got to do that marketing standpoint, but I just wish they would just reel the trailers in a little bit. That's all I'm going to say. So now I'm going to step down now from the Wonder Woman lunchbox. So there you go. Step down. Also, I wanted to quickly show you a little tabulation of something I did that was kind of fun. I did this for my end of 2015 sort of review, recap of the year. But I went ahead and did it again just to give you a glimpse of what exactly I'm collecting, what exactly I'm reading, so that you understand what kind of recommendations I'm giving to you. And it was just interesting to see where all my dollars are going and where the majority of my time is being spent as to what particular publishers I'm reading. So I did a tabulation. I currently read 104 titles. Now, they don't all come out at once. Don't freak out. Go, oh my gosh, $104 of $3.99. That's ludicrous. It's, you know, there are monthly. There are some semi-monthly. And so it ends up being about somewhere between, you know, 10 to 20 comics a week as you can see from sunspots.com and look at the pull list see everything I'm collecting but the number one publisher was image with 44 titles I mean I didn't know I was even reading 44 titles when I put them together went through them carefully we you know took a few out we I, I adjusted a few 44 titles is what I'm collecting from image currently second place Marvel 22 titles so half of what image the number one publisher is getting out of my money and my time and number three is a tie between Dark Horse and DC Comics slash Vertigo they're both at eight apiece so that's just the top three it trickles down from there four for IDW and and then it just goes down kind of onesie twosies from there four from boom and that's the that's the tabulation 104 I couldn't believe it 44 from image so there doing it right getting all my money getting all my time very very cool so now you get it that's that's just an idea of what you're going to be getting what kind of reviews you're going to get and I put the whole thing on sunspotscomics.com just look at the pull list it's there all the way from May as to what my favorite picks will be and everything that I'm currently collecting and it adjusts I change it from time to time I add stuff I subtract stuff I try a comic book if I don't like it I move on I bounce out as you know my podcast is primarily focused on the positive but if you if you put it together there and you no longer see a comic book I'm collecting on the pull list, well, there you go. There it is. Okay, you know my secret. <laughs> also, just a quick Zombie Destroyers update. It's the comic book that I am writing, and Jordan Hudson is is the artist on it. Please check him out on Instagram, at Jordan underscore Hudson or underscore art on Instagram. He's a beautiful artist. He's working on page five. Uh, with this whole move-in thing, it's been crazy. So I'm sort of retooling, rewriting, always rewriting. Uh, page five to finalize and, and give to him. He's already started some cool sketches on it and he messed around with the panels. Way to go, Jordan, on that. Seeing a sort of different cut, different unique sort of style. I'll tell you this, a little teaser, a little glimpse. Page five in panel-wise layout looks like the face of a Cylon. It just does to me. I don't know. But you won't be looking at it that way. It'll be filled with his awesome art. So check it out. That's the latest update. I still don't have in my possession pages three and four. I only have one and two, which I'm still working on inking. And 
if everything goes right, I would like to release issue number one on paper. I've already been looking at a few publishers, and I will be getting more on zombiedestroyers.com soon that you can see some pages when the lettering is done, uh, because I'm working on the art, uh, I'm working on the coloring, I mean, and, and the art's still coming along. So check out, please check out Zombie Destroyers from time to time. There will be updates on it soon with some interesting stuff. So that's, that's the, now that that's all out of the way, let's get into the meat and potatoes of the podcast. Actually, not my favorite part, but the middle center, the, the caramel nougaty part of the podcast. And I have some fun articles that I go over. I have, I have weird names for them. We're going to jump right into that. So let's get into the episode to issue 45 here and away we go. So coming right out the bat is three comic book feel good factoid freebies. And I just call them that because they're just fun articles that they warm my, they warm my nerd heart. And that's really what it's all about. And so the I have three of them this week. And the first one comes from the site theaggie.org. Theaggie.org. Interesting. Uh, the CaliforniaAggie.org. And I, of course, share all my comp feel-good factoid freebies, my Spider-Sense tingling articles. There's going to be a sort of life celebrations last memoriam at the end here. I share all that on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Sunspots Comics. So first one, theaggie.org, titled New UC Davis Engineering Course Explores the Science Behind Superheroes. Now I dig this. Instructor Ricardo Castro spearheads a creative engineering class that focuses on the physics of superheroes. So he likes to really break it down and see if it's humanly possible. He talks about genetic reconditioning, genomes, a lot of sciencey, chewy stuff here. But ultimately, the school has allowed him. He is a science major with an engineering background. Pretty cool that he's being allowed to delve deeper into superheroes and the possibility of their powers being real. I just dig it. And I'm going to be reading more upon this. I'm going to follow this guy. Again, Ricardo Castro. But very cool. TheAggie.com. UC Davis. Very nice. The second comic book feel-good factoid freebie is from TheGuardian.com. And Josh Whedon, the Josh Whedon of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and a little thing called The Avengers, you may have heard of it, he is set to write the 75th anniversary Captain America story for Marvel Comics. So... Very cool. He did a ton of comic book writing in the past. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is one that immediately comes to mind. But he's he's been all over Marvel. He's done a ton of stuff. So when he when it was announced that he's doing Avengers, that just just tickled my heart in the most peaceful and kind way. Because I loved Vamp- uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, so just completely jazzed. He did some other shows that didn't quite take off as well, but... I was jazzed, and I'm jazzed to, to hear that he's going to be doing the 75th anniversary of Captain America. That show, uh, maybe this is a, a gl- potential glimpse of a cover, which shows Sam Wilson in the modern-day Captain America outfit, and Steve Rogers as a 95-year-old dude with powers, I guess? Not quite sure. So, that is the maybe glimpse to what Mr. Whedon will be potentially doing with the 75th anniversary of Captain America. So that's coming up. Can't believe it, right? 75 years of Captain America? Crazy. And the third and final comic book feel-good fact-good freebie comes from Amazon.com. I had just purchased a Color Your Own comic book, and I just have to highlight that it's interesting that this is really starting to boom. I remember it being around in the 80s for a minute, and I have some some DC and Marvel comics that you can color on your own. Well, it's coming back in a big way. Images jumped in. They have some Walking Dead ones coming up. There is 
Captain America, Superman. There's a Civil War series, which is uh, Art of Steve McNiven, which is gorgeous. You're going to be able to color that. They're all like seven, six, ten in that neighborhood in price. And most of them are graphic novel size of maybe 30 to 50 pages. I bought the Ultron, color your own uh, Age of Ultron. And it's amazing how much fun it is. So I have to highly recommend trying it. I bought a, a, a cheap pen set and it's just very therapeutic. You get kind of into the zone, put some headphones on, put some movie soundtrack on and just sort of zen out and it's very peaceful. It just lowers the stress, feels like your blood pressure is going down and it's a ton of fun. And you look back at your work and all these intricate little pockets you're filling in with color. Just look at page one of Color Your Own Age of Ultron. Holy mackerel. There's so much detail. Ultron's like destroyed the entire Avengers. They're all laid out and destroyed. From just even the the the, the cover of Steve Rogers' old style Captain America, like his uh, sort of scaly style, doing that with a, with a light source and everything. I'm coloring zombiedestroyers.com so I can really appreciate it. It's good practice. Where you can just kind of mess around, but I have to recommend that, and that's my final comic book female good factor freebie: is go and color some modern day comic books. It it's it's cool. It's a ton of fun. Next up, uh, did you hear that? That's right. That is my spider sense tingling. <laughs> so sorry, I had a lot of coffee, but <laughs> but anyway, there's two spider sense tingling articles. These are things that may be a glimpse into the future where the world is populated with caped and masked superheroes. It's possible. And these articles prove that it's possible. About maybe podcast 21, I want to say. Sorry if I'm wrong, but I know it's close there in the 20s. I covered this article from a different site, but this one's on themarysue.com about this large Hadron Collider that they have installed it. A Hadron Collider is... In a nutshell, a, like this machine basically that puts particles together and collides particles in ways that will be a potential energy source. That's the, what I got from this science-y thing in a nutshell. Well, this article here from, again, the MarySue.com says, Large Hydron Collider may have found something that defies the modern, the standard modern model of particles in physics. So that just sounds like an absolute recipe for comic book heroes, doesn't it? Hadron Collider. I'm pretty sure that is basically what the Flash TV show is covering, right? And if you look at it, it's this giant concrete highway tube with this giant other metal tube of various metals together to compact and compress particles. And they may have found something that defies standard physics. What could it be? Something that defies gravity? Maybe they were able to make someone fly? Who knows? They're not going to tell us, right? But I think it's very cool that they're messing around with some stuff here that could defy physics. So very, very cool. That's why I dug that. And the second final comic book, or the uh, spider Sense Tingly article, comes from csmonitor.com, titled, Ice-Phobic Coating, How Researchers Made the Most Effective Ice Proofer Yes. So the University of Michigan has developed a strategy creating this rubbery coating that uh, goes on very light and thin, that basically is ice proof. So, boy, I think about this and I think about the endless possibilities of making an awesome superhero suit, right? That's completely ice proof, so they could 
you know, go into the depths of the ocean. They could go into areas that are unexplored in, in you know, in Arctic, in the Arctic winter areas. Some something cool just for say the coating of a spaceship that could uh, you know for going into space. I mean they have of course potential uses for airplanes, power lines, wind turbines. But I just see a guy with a liquid, ice phobic suit, and who knows what the limit? Who it just sounds limitless to me. And it's a very clear sort of gooey liquid that they're pouring on the glass and testing it. So you can just imagine if lightning were to strike that right and there were an explosion. There you go. There's there's a potential genetic anomaly superhero right there in the making from from this laboratory. <laughs> Who knows? I just like to ponder on those goofy ideas. So there you go. So those are the fun articles of uh, this week or the news, comic book news, whatever you like to consider it. Just fun stuff I like in the world of comic books. Something a little different. Something with a little bit of a twist. So now let's get into the the heart, the the. My favorite part of the comic book podcast, Sunspots Comics Podcast, which is the review of comic books. So let's break into it. Quick little spoiler alert, of course. I do review and read all of these comics. I do spoil them. I try not to spoil everything, but sometimes I can't help myself. They're so good. I just want to tell you. I just want to inspire you. I just want to get you excited. So you go to a comic book shop and buy these on paper. These were for the week of March 9th, New Comic Book Day, March 9th. And I purchased this week, I got 14, 14 comic books this week, and six of them made the pick. So under the 50% mark, 50% is preferred. So I was just under that with six of the 14 that made the favorite top picks of the week. And you should go out, these are my recommendations, go out to a local comic book shop, support your local, local comic book store, and buy these. Oh, but before, quick mention. I always like to pick a art uh, winner and a, a cover art winner, and this week it was one in the same. And this particular comic did make one of my favorite picks of the week, which I won't tell you what that is, but we'll get into that here in a second. And that's Russell Dowderman. Russell Dowderman did the art for the Mighty Thor versus Odin, <laughs> number five. And Russell Dowderman's art is out of this world. I have to mention uh, colorist Matthew Wilson because it is gorgeous. He did some interesting, unique panel work here, which I love that when they go outside the box and twist the boxes and turn them and have sort of unique shapes and go outside the box. Russell Downerman did a ton of that here. And it's so detailed and it's like two Omega beings, uh, Omega level powered beings shooting off these rays of awesome to each other and it's just gorgeous to look at. Very, very detailed in a cartoonish kind of style because of Matthew Wilson's coloring, but gorgeous to look at. I looked at it three or four times. The facial expressions, the close-up of like Loki's face and the stubble on his beard. Um, it was out of this world. So fantastic work. Thank you, Russell Downerman. Art winner of the week. The cover, fantastic. It's got like this mega close-up of Odin and his face, and you have to sort of, what are you looking at here? Because you see his nose really close up. And it's this expression on his face, the detail of his teeth. It's just the right kind of awesome. The wrinkles, the realistic sort of look, but it's way super close up. Like the camera almost hits him in the face kind of look. So take a look at that. And I'll discuss it a little bit further because it did make one of the picks of the week. And last thing is number ones. I always like to highlight when new number ones come out because of course they pack a little extra hope, a little something extra that you hope is super good that you can be there from the very beginning until the very end, which sometimes never ends in comics, right? Just goes on and on and on. But anyway, 
Uh, Haunted Mansion from Marvel was the only number one, brand new spanking number one. And I'll be discussing that further because it also made it into the favorite picks of the week. So anyway, let's jump right in. Last spoiler alert and 14 comics, six made my top favorite picks. Here we go. Coming in at number six from Boom Studios, The Last Contract, number three of four. And this is gorgeous. This cover is like something right out of the usual suspects. You've got someone tied to a chair and there's blood coming down, but very black and white, kind of Frank Miller, Sin City sort of blood on the floor. Very cool. But we have written and lettered by Ed Brisson, illustrated by Lissandro Estherin. And Lissandro has this gritty, realistic style, um, sort of a lot of lines. Not a sketchy kind of look in some ways, but it's very stylistic, very cool. The action is very pulse pounding. The use of sound here, the, the sound effects, butta 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 for the guns. It's just the way that's laid out is gorgeous. So you have this extremely old gentleman that was a hitman trying to escape from the life, trying to move on. Kind of has like this feel of like John Wick, which the movie played by Keanu Reeves. Whereas if John Wick was like 75 or 80 years old, so this guy's really in the twilight years of his life, sitting back with his uh, bloodhound dog, trying to mind his own business, and he's thrust back into where some old, some old uh, hatred, some old enemies come after him, and he's trying to help the a buddy of his, a fellow compatriot in the assassin business or whatever he was really involved in. You don't really know. He's probably a hitman or something. His like son or grandson don't really uh, they don't really define it, but that's the last thing he wants to do is keep this son alive. Like he owes that man a favor, he did something for him which we don't completely understand yet. But there's a sort of sidekick that he had, a younger woman sidekick, a full-figured woman, which is nice, right? Not uh, like not that you're not whatever that not full figures bad, but you just have like a real sized and shaped woman in this, which I think is cool. Not overly accentuating any particular body parts comic books there you go and she's got this crazy sort of mohawk and she's coming after him with this crazy automatic weapon and she kind of apologizes and tells him that they she has to or her family will be killed and you could tell even our main character here has respect for her and i thought that was the cool part of it she has no choice she has to kill him to keep her family alive he sort of has no choice but to kill her because he's trying to keep the grandson grandkid alive. So there's an interesting flux there. And it's very apparent that they're both sort of fighting that particular backstory within this gruesome bullet flying exchange. And then we go over to the kid who's been captured. So he's being tortured. They want information. They want to know where he is. They cut something. Yikes. They're torturing. It's that level of rated R kind of action-y drama that you're reading here. So I dug it. It's based in, like, Canada, and they, they quite often point out areas of Canada, which I'm sure for you Canadian listeners out there will say, oh, I know where that is, eh? <laughs> but well done. It has a very gritty, violent adult tone to it, but it has the feel of just a cool, like I said, John Wick in his 80s. So you have to check it out. That's why it hit number six. It's three of four, so it's ending. It's a mini. So I'm going to be sad to see this go because this has been fun. And number five is Descender, number 11, from Image Comics, written by Jeff Lemire, art by the fantastic Dustin Wynn. 
art was just gorgeous on this. He has this <clears throat> pastel sort of charcoal-y style that's just gorgeous. And this is where we're in the alien, we're on the alien planet, not alien planet, the uh, robot planet, because ultimately in this world, it's way in the future, and these giant mega world-crushing robots basically wiped out most of the population on the Earth. But so humans had to expand out to other planets, and now the robots have sort of all convened in this robot planet, like a Death Star, basically. So it's awesome. And you have these small Tim-21 and Tim-22 companion robots that managed to live through this. And our main character, Tim-21, is... He has his emotion ability up fairly high. He's very he's very touchy-feely. He's He gets sad. He's, he's real high on emotion. And that's an interesting sort of way to, to portray a robot here. It, it really adds warmth. You hardly ever feel that he's a robot. And in, there's a couple of moments here where you do in this conversation with the Tim-22, which changes his head, hair to red because they look a little different, but in facial structure-wise, they look the same. But this is sort of, I can tell, the interesting part of this is it's, it's meeting a point in the story here where I think something heavy is really going to happen. You have Tim-21's brother, who is a human, that is much older now, or not much older, he's in his, you know, maybe 20s, 30s. He's on the hunt for Tim-21, but he's on this planet where there are in-betweeners. Queen In-Between. I thought, very cool name. She's sort of the leader of the humans that have that have also robotic augmentations. And they're on a different planet there. And so he's still trying to find Tim-21. And then you have Telsa, which I constantly want to just say Tesla. But Telsa is this... She's the daughter of a major character major politician in this world and she is has this sort of bounty hunterish feel to her she seems very cold but you also get a little splash of warmth in this so i thought great character development works for me they do on the on the robot planet they do see some remnants of one of the giant robots that destroyed the earth and they worship it like a god so interesting viewpoint where these they don't know where these robots came from but these these companion robots that have all gathered on this robot planet consider these giant Omega-level robots to be their god. Interesting sort of take there. I liked that twist. So that's why it made the number five pick. So check it out. See, look at that. I didn't spoil it. And I definitely recommend checking Descender out from number one. I already know the movies in the works, which, wow, they're on number 11 here. And I, I, I feel a trilogy. It just seems like it's going to happen. Anyway, you can quote me on that. So coming in at number four is Kennel Block Blues, number two of four, from Boom Studios, with writing by Ryan Ferrier, which likes to draw terriers. <laughs> That's the main character, is like a terrier slash human, the anthropomorphic style of comic book, uh, which I love. I, I, I can't get enough of something like Black Sad. Check out Black Sad. But anyway, Ryan Ferrier did the writing, illustrated by Daniel Bliss, and Gotta mention coloring from Adam Metcalf because it's gorgeous. Rainbow of colors all over the place. A little bit of psychedelic. You have your main terrier character that has these little dream sequences or daydreaming moments where he sees all this color and like happy and like Toontown kind of world in his mind. But he's in prison. He's in a pound. I love the way the humans are portrayed as this just sort of dark, shadowy... Um, there's really no body-like shape as you would consider a human. It's just like these dark, shadowy hands that pull at them. 
and, and it has to be humans or we're on some weird alien planet <clears throat> but this ultimately is our terrier who's made some friends people that are compassionate to him being so happy-go-lucky and they are planning an escape and it has this sort of this sort of uh, Shawshank Redemption like feel to it they're wearing the prison outfits they're in the library but they're all you know with a terrier head a chihuahua head they're all anthropomorphic but it just has that feel of Shawshank Redemption. I can't help but sort of feel nostalgic of, of feeling nostalgia for that movie and kind of want to see it again reading this. Even though it's like dogs and cats in jail, but still. So they're planning an escape. They're working out the escape. The cats are like the, the gangster family, like the Godfather. The cats are feared by the dogs. They're organized, it seems. The cats are smarter. But our terriers made some friends. Charlie, that's right, is his name. And they're trying to break out at the same time when things get rough Charlie likes to put himself in that little Toontown flashback zone and think that the world is lovely and happy and it's just it's getting a little darker though each time it started out so bubbly and happy this fantasy world that he has in his mind and now it's just getting kind of darker and a little bit Alice in Wonderlands and a little little twisted a little creepy as it's going along and I'm gonna I'm gonna be sad when this is gone this is number two of four it's just a mini series so it's really, I'm not going to go and do it any further because there's some spoilery stuff that happens. But our buddy Charlie, which we don't even know why he's in this this dog kennel prison. But I'm sure that's going to be hopefully explained a little later. But he's trying to escape and it's just a fun, it's just a kind of a Shawshank Redemption-like feel with that weird dreamlike psychedelic state. But it's just a lot of fun. It's interesting to look at. Definitely unique. I recommend it highly. So check that out. And coming in at number three is the Marvel, The Haunted Mansion, number one. That's our number one that made it this week. And it, I tell you, the cover looks amazing. You've got the Haunted Mansion from Disneyland, but it's just much bigger. And it has a real dark, sort of noir-like look to it with this light, glowing, sort of green, mossy area with some specters coming in through the front door. So... I was hoping going into this that it was going to be just sort of like defining areas of the Haunted Mansion ride and sort of delving deeper into maybe a sort of unique backstory of the Haunted Mansion. And I got exactly that. So if you're thinking that book could be the, that, which just delves into the ride and the, the nostalgic feeling of Disneyland and seeing the old timey ride, this captures that. So you have to see that. If you're a lover of Disneyland, you like the Haunted Mansion, check it out this is by written by joshua williamson who is doing birthright so i had to grab this this birthright's amazing artist by artist by uh, jorge col colho i'm so sorry coelho c-o-e-l-h-o i apologize i'm sorry i'm horrible spanish is so bad but this sets up of course the town in louisiana near where the haunted mansion is first taking sort of an account into the locals uh, idea of what the Haunted Mansion is. So they kind of explain, oh, I heard this person died there, and it's, I heard it's the haunted with this and that. And so it's going into the public lore of the Haunted Mansion. And then you have sort of a, which I think is going to be the main character, a young teenage boy and his grandfather standing outside the gates of the Haunted Mansion just kind of talking about it. And his grandfather is this world traveler, and he explains that his grandfather goes everywhere and does everything, climbs scary mountains, and he says, one day we have to go to this haunted mansion. They have this really warm conversation. It works for me. I was emotionally attached. 
I've never been really, I've never really had a, like a grandfather or never really had them close to me in my life. So this definitely made me feel like, oh man, that would be cool to have a, like a grandfather let's like this. Anyway, not, not that, I don't want to, like it's a sad story, but I just, my, uh, my family, my grandfather lived in Hawaii, passed away a long time ago on my mom's side. Grandfather on the dad's side died a long, long, long time ago. So I just never really had that sort of thing. I've had grandfather-like figures in my life, so I don't want to say I never had that. But anyway, this this caught me there. It, it, I felt it. It was it was emotional. This grandson and grandfather having this nice conversation in New Orleans, looking over this insanely creepy-looking haunted mansion, with the the horse and buggy carriage right outside, just like you're entering the ride. I'm like, oh yeah. And then his grandfather goes on a trip to climb which looks like the Matterhorn in Disneyland. Yeah, I know, maybe shameless plug. And I should have been like, oh, geez, come on, Disneyland. But no, I felt it. I was like, I, I, I love Disneyland, so an avalanche. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. So then we're, we're quickly, boom, we go, we're thrusted right in. The story moves along really fast. I like that. It's like, boom, you're talking to the town locals. Boom, you're introduced to the grandson talking to his grandfather. Boom, the grandfather passes away. Sorry, spoiler on that one. And there's a there's a you know a funeral in a cemetery, and so then the the grandson kind of feels drawn to the haunted mansion like that's something he has to do. Him and his grandfather were going to do it, so he has to go in there and check it out. And when he does, uh, yeah, you're pretty much what you expect. Things come to life. The paintings on the wall on the right hand side when you enter the haunted mansion, it's there. They come to life. They come at him. It's spooky. It's creepy, but it's fun. I don't know. For some reason, it even had like a little bit of a Scooby Doo feel, right? Like. Where's, where's Shaggy and the crew up behind him going into a haunted mansion and there's going to be an old man. They take his mask off and you darn kids just going to be like that. But he reaches the woman with that, their heads in that glass orb telling him that his grandfather's spirit is trapped in the house. So there you go. There's the plot line. And he wants to help and somehow get this evil spirit out of the haunted mansion so that her grandfather can live in peace and move on or roam and haunt other places or something so that's the gist and it is fun it's well drawn the art is fantastic the blues and purples and greens so it just has that haunted house feel and it it's it's what i wanted it's what i was hoping for and i got it and i got hats off to mr williamson who's doing joshua williamson who's doing birthright i thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed this and it's added to the poll so hopefully it'll continue on with the goodness so coming in at number two is another old, faithful, old, reliable one that has been continually on top pick. So you, sh you should read this immediately. It's on number 10 from Dark Horse Comics, Harrow County, from Colin Bunn, written by Colin Bunn, art by Tyler Crook, who also, uh, the lettering, I have to, because the lettering is so unique and the coloring is so gorgeous, I have to mention them. Uh, the art and lettering, coloring Tyler Crook also doing it all so got to give him props <clears throat> but this sets a gorgeous tale of our main character i want to say the you know she's a witch she's the blonde haired twin of born spawned from the evil witch that was hung on that crazy tree in the city this is sort of a backstory of her friend she bumps into from from time to time that really helps her and the little town this has a kind of new orleans feeling and they live kind of in a row of shacks and this is introduced to the young girl's maybe cousin and uncle that are picking blueberries or picking some sort of berries and they run into some crazy looking snake. I mean, because snakes 
eyes don't normally glow kind of yellow so <laughs> and in this town with all the stuff happening with the witches and the sort of witch war that's happening between the two twin sisters the blondes one very nice living in Harrow County trying to make peace with the town the other wants to take over and win just win you think maybe the twin sisters gone you're not sure they battled it out but uh, she was drawn down into the the pit where their mother was born and I just got a feeling she's not gone like she's just getting ready for round two but anyway here we are and the uncle gets bit by the snake and he tries to play it off and he just is frustrated with the young kid at this moment the way he handles that is kind of interesting you think he'd like run to the nearest hospital he kind of like denies it and he's fine and just immediately starts acting strange from this from this bite the snake bite and then you got a happy sort of tra-la-la through the forest with <laughs> our our witch and her friend just holding hands and singing. It's so just kind of a happy, peaceful moment. The lush greenery drawn here of, of where they are in this backwoods town, I want to say in the late 20s, somewhere in the Midwest. Just gorgeous. So much forestry and again, the sort of red on the cheeks showing the that it's like kind of a warm spring day it just has this real warm rich feeling and at the same time you're like creeped out like okay what what kind of monster is gonna step out of the darkness <laughs> well you sort of introduced her to her town her like I said it's just kind of a row of shacks which used to make homemade wine and they got into some sort of tussle with the government kind of an interesting backstory there and so they really don't do it anymore for the government, but the town's fallen into sort of squalor because of that. And here we are again, where our, uh, the young girl walks into the uncle with the snake bite in his ear, and he's just look, staring people down, giving angry looks. You're like, oh, that look on his face, too. The art, fantastic. Really gives you this leave-me-alone look with his eyes. Really n very little dialogue in this sort of panel. So well done there with creep factor at a 10 and then you see that the young girl sort of plays that off moves along again story moving pretty well here establishing just a nice backstory and she, you see her grandpa and she tells you an old tale of a woman that dealt with snakes in their town so i love they even go back further again to where this grandfather saw a ton of snakes that look identical to the snake that bit the uncle earlier and goes to a like sort of another witch, another woman, and she sort of talks to these snakes. You can't hear what she's saying. And then the young boy comes to the young girl's house late at night saying that her, her uncle's gone and we need to find him. And what they find is kind of interesting. Anyway, I won't spoil it, but you're introduced to another character, this woman that has the snakes, that you you can tell she's set up to be a bad guy, but I feel in tone she's not going to be. Because we need some more good guy witches here to fight this good fight because it feels like this town is sort of creeping back into the darkness. So very good. And of course, always check out the end stories in the back with little creepy stories. And they like to do a little single slash double splash page of sort of a unique little hauntedly creepy story of this butcher, which you have to read. Just has a creepy factor. It's just not to the level where it's over horror for me. Because I'm not the biggest horror fan, although I've been dipping the toes a lot more lately. But this just has the right amount of mysteriousness and awesome sort of gorgeous art setting. And a story that has some heart with, with naivete and young girls that are trying to do the right thing. And it's just interesting and it 
it sets up some great backstories, spends a lot of time really developing a long-term story here. So I love it. Can't recommend it more. Go and pick up Harrow County. And that's number two. And the number one pick of the week uh, was also the art winner and cover art winner, number one from Marvel Comics, The Mighty Thor versus Odin, number five. Written by Jason Aaron, who is the writer of uh, so many good things from Star Wars to Southern Bastards to this. He just gets to write the coolest, most diverse, most interesting stories. Jason Aaron, I would easily say he's been one of my favorite writers in the last couple of years. Drawn by the, wow, wow, uh, Russell Dowderman. Gorgeous, gorgeous. You can look at this all day long. If you want to try to get someone to buy a comic book, just hand them this and go, look, this is kind of what I'm reading. They'll be all, oh, oh. Oh, duh. and then they'll just start reading it. But this is just a battle initially from our uh, goddess of thunder, our Thorette, whatever you want to call her, <laughs> fighting Odin for the reason of he believes that his own wife is treasonous for taking over Asgard while he was gone, frolicking around doing who knows what in battle, the battle world uh, mess I can't get into. But, so, yeah, Lady Thor is very much against that his wife is a traitor, he's calling her even. Uh, He's just being really stubborn, and you're just angry at him, and he's being stubborn, and they're just punching it out in galaxy, from planet to planet style of fighting. It's it's a galactic epic battle here, like I said earlier, Omega-powered godlike beings. And there's lightning flying, there's giant boulders they're being thrown into jupiter they're smashing into saturn yeah it's of that level and that's just a lot of fun to look at you have to and the banter between them fantastically written it's got some humor in there it's good times and you're quickly thrown into where the queen uh odin's wife is now trying to sort of rally the troops and she has loki there and others and uh yeah She's trying to convince others that Loki's her son and he'll do the right thing. Yeah, you kind of know where that's going, right? But you you kind of see that what he's been sort of doing lately has been kind of on the side of Asgard and trying to help rather than destroy it from Malekith, who is trying to take over the realms, like sort of one at a time. And he's <laughs> Malekith is now being married uh, forcibly, you know, forcible marriage to the Light Elf in the Alfheim realm. And... He's, you know, I'll destroy your entire realm unless you allow the queen to marry me and announce me as king. So he's effectively just one destroyed, beaten out, one particular realm of uh, Asgard. So, yeah, he, uh, even you may kiss the bride, he's like, no thanks. (laughs) So Malekith is definitely Malekith is just a wicked dark elf that's also kind of funny and I really enjoyed this sort of humor in his character and how he's uh, just so very focused on uh, even partnering with a large American corporation <laughs> into taking over one of these realms it's just hilarious in concept alone but well done Rock- Roxon helps with their nuclear arm threat etc <laughs> to help take over one of the realms and you're back to the fight again with oh my gosh the way they draw Odin just firing off these beams of awesome is just gorgeous such 
twisting of the panels and slices of panels flying all over the place. It like so goes, I don't know, kinetically, phonetically with the action from just the way they slice and dice the panels and things cross over and panels are laid over things. It's just gorgeous to look at. And you're looking back at Loki's face like, yeah, he's going to do the right thing. And dang, you just, I have to spoil it. Sorry. Pause here if you need to. He just stabs the queen straight in the back. And yeah, you kind of saw that coming, but the sort of exchange they have, like he sort of feels, you could tell from the expression, he feels sad that he did it, but he like, he has to? And that's all I'm going to explain. Because the fight continues, and then Odin senses from a galaxy away, light years away, that is that his wife, who he's claimed treasor, you know, treasonous and is trying to put in to lock her up in prison for all eternity. Something's happened to her, like he senses a disturbance, and he just jets off to go to his wife's side and you go okay I felt that he was like even though I f you know he was like even though I feel sh what she's doing was wrong and what she's done to Asgard and how she's how he believes that the queen gave Mjolnir to Lady Thor which she didn't he still rushes to be by her side and you can and it's heartfelt and then you see what's what's sort of behind Loki's uh, why he did that and what's going on there and then uh Again, final spoiler. It's just so good. You have to see it. An old friend stops by. Yeah. Original Thor. OGT. <laughs> so, it's so good. It was so much fun. I really enjoyed it. And the art was so astoundingly gorgeous. You have to see this. It is my number one pick of the week. The Mighty Thor vs. Odin. Odin, number five from Marvel Comics. Russell Dowderman. Gorgeous. So there you go. Uh, those are my recommendations. Those are my top five comic books for a new comic book day, March 9th. So please check those out. Go to a local comic book store. Tell them Chris from Sunspots Comics sent you. I know that'll be odd, but just do it. It'll be fun. Trust me. <laughs> and if you want to see my past favorite picks and the poll list, please just check out uh, sunspotscomics.com. And, of course, the comic book I'm creating with Jordan Hudson on zombiedestroyers.com. So there you go. There you have it. That's the show. And if you have a recommendation or a comment, please email me, chris at sunspotscomics.com. If I answer or read or really dig your email, I will read it on a future podcast, and I'll send you a little comic book prize just for writing in if I feel it's interesting. So I've sent some out in the past. So check it out and send me an email again, chris at sunspotscomics.com. And don't forget, of course, mystery, Sunspots Comics mystery box. Go ahead and hit follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And just go to iTunes, give us a five-star review. You'll be entered in to win a comic book mystery box from Sunspots Comics, our first ever. And the winner will be announced May the 4th. So good luck, and thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you had a good time. I totally did. I'm reading only 10 comic books next week for March 16th, so kind of a, a low short. But there's some new number ones, I think, coming out that I might have to check out. And so I could possibly discuss them. But there you go. There's our show. Thanks again for listening. Hope you had a good one, and talk to you next week. This is Chris Latore signing out. See you later. Thanks.
What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? <laughs> You're listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number four, four, five, two.